For over 45 years, people have relied on Village Green Apothecary to give them individualized nutrition, pharmacy, and healthy living products. Village Green will give you the kind of person-to-person help and attention that mass market pharmacies have long ago forgotten. You can depend on us for knowledge, experience, product selection, and a smile. Visit Village Green in Bethesda at 5415 West Cedar Lane. Call us at 301-530-0800 or check out our website at myvillagegreen.com. We're here to help you. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to the Essentials of Healthy Living here on AM 1500, brought to you by the Village Green Apothecary. I am your host for today, Dr. Kevin Passero. Thank you all for tuning in. We're here every Sunday from 10 to 11 a.m. Next week, my co-host, Dana Lake, will be returning, so make sure to tune in for her. You can listen to and download all of our previously recorded shows by going to www.myvillagegreen.com. And on the right-hand side of the homepage, there's a microphone icon. If you click on it, it'll take you to the archive show section, and we've got a great selection of all of our previous shows from the last, I think it's been about eight years archive there for you. Today, we're going to be covering a really important topic. We've got a great special guest who's really established himself as an expert in this field. And I mean, this is a um, topic that I think most people know about, but I think gets brushed under the rug pretty um, frequently. And I'll have to say that, you know, even as a naturopathic doctor trained in the principles of supporting health in many different ways and really sort of representing a form of healthcare that has some of the most extensive training in using nutrient therapy. Um, I even sometimes overlook some of the aspects of the topic that we're going to discuss today. And it's simply because it's so pervasive. And a lot of times the treatment, the focus of my treatment programs are geared at other aspects of health. And this gets sort of fall through, falls through the cracks Today, we're going to be talking about drug and nutrient depletion. So this is basically nutrient and vitamin deficiencies that occur from pharmaceutical therapy. And as we know in this country, pharmaceutical therapy is incredibly prevalent, Um, incredible amount of prescriptions written in this country, one of the only countries that allows direct-to-consumer advertising of pharmaceuticals. And as a result, we see prescriptive rates per person, per capita, the highest in the United States than pretty much in any other country. And as a result, we've got many, many Americans that are taking medications, some seeming very innocuous, and that is a result of sometimes some of the medications that can cause some of the most significant nutrient depletions are available over the counter without a prescription. And people can just walk into the drugstore and buy them and take them for years, and there's really no warnings or no concerns around you know what the downsides may be. So we're going to be talking today with Ross Pelton. He began his career in the health sciences by graduating from the University of Wisconsin School of Pharmacy in 1966. Ross worked as a pharmacist for a number of years before joining the Peace Corps in 1972. He taught high school chemistry for two years in Malaysia and also closely observed the village shamans and native healing arts in Malaysia, Thailand, and Indonesia. In addition to his extensive work as a book author, in the 1980s, he spent time as a cancer researcher at the University of California, San Diego, and eventually became the administrator of an alternative cancer treatment hospital in Baja, Mexico. In 1994, Ross became a certified clinical nutritionist. A significant part of Ross's career has been devoted to speaking, writing, and conducting seminars on a variety of health-related topics. You can learn more about uh, Dr. Pelton by going to www.naturalpharmacist.net, and you can actually uh, purchase his book on Amazon. It's called The Drug-Induced Nutrient 
Depletion Handbook, which is a great handbook to have around. So, Dr. Uh, Ross, thank you so much for being on the show with us today. Hey, Dr. Kevin, it's really nice to be with you and your Essentials of Healthy Living listeners. Yeah, great. So, I mean, we could spend hours and hours basically going through and talking about, you know, these drug nutrient depletions. I mean, as a pharmacist and a training as, you know, as a pharmacist, I'm assuming that you have a really good handle and knowledge of of how this works. So, I mean, I don't know. um, Do you want to talk a little bit at all about what inspired you to kind of write this handbook or, you know, where, where you come, the stance that you're coming from to give the listeners a little bit of background and then we can get into the details? Sure. Uh, well, I call myself a recovering pharmacist. Um, mm-hmm. I, pharmacy was my primary for, profession for years, but in 1980, I had a life-changing event where I got exposed to yoga and found some people that had incredible commitment to health and ate healthy and exercised read, regularly and read health books and health newsletters and health magazines. And so I got involved in yoga and totally changed my lifestyle, and I started reading health-related literature, and I have never stopped. Um, and so with my background in pharmacy and medicine and uh, biochemistry and knowing all about drugs and then starting to get interested in health, I started to realize the depth of the problems related to a lot of the drugs. And because I started to study nutrition a lot, I started to get interested in some of the nutrients that are depleted by drugs that are people taking. And I got so fascinated with it and so passionately committed to it that I dove deeply into the topic and wrote the book, The Drug-Induced Nutrient Depletion Handbook. And uh, it just went off from there. Then I, I just became committed to trying to educate physicians and pharmacists and other health professionals about the nutrients that are being depleted by the drugs that people are taking. And I also try to educate the general public because oftentimes their health professional is not going to tell them or doesn't know about this. So people need to be proactive and and understand this information on their own. And so I do whatever I can to get the word out. And um, virtually all medications are foreign to the body, so they end up depleting nutrients in the process of having to be metabolized and detoxified. And one of the ways I often start out, uh, Kevin, is talking about birth control pills. There are millions and millions of women taking birth control pills, and most people don't realize that there are 14 different nutrients that are depleted by birth control pills. When I wrote my book, I was astounded to realize that oral contraceptives deplete more nutrients than any other commonly prescribed class of drugs. And so I became committed to publicizing some of these women's health issues. And just as kind of an example for your listeners of what can happen with nutrient depletions, I emphasize the fact that a lot of these nutrient depletions are very gradual in their onset of action. So people are often not likely to connect the dots and realize that some health problems are due to the drugs that they're taking, these nutrient depletions that are being caused and and happening. And so consider a woman that's maybe 28 years old, thereabouts, and she's been taking birth control pills seemingly without any problems for maybe five or six or eight years. But over the course of the last six months or so, she's starting to more frequently complain to her husband or her significant other, honey, I I just don't have any energy. I, I can hardly drag myself out of bed in the morning or 
by the time I get to the afternoon, I'm so tired out. I, I'm pooped. I, and, and so this complaint goes on and on about lack of energy. Well, she's probably not likely to realize that female hormones and birth control pills deplete folic acid and magnesium and coenzyme Q10 and a number of the antioxidant nutrients like vitamin C and vitamin E. And when you get depleted of these key nutrients, these are nutrients that are required for energy production. So she's not likely to make this connection that gradually over time, all of these nutrients that are involved in the production of energy at the cellular level are being depleted by her oral contraceptives. And so this is the nature of the problem. When people take a prescription drug and there's a side effect, it's usually nausea or vomiting or rash develops. The side effect happens pretty quickly. But these nutrient depletions are very gradual in their onset of action, and oftentimes people don't realize that they have a problem. And then one of my problems with this whole topic, Kevin, is that when people have a health problem due to a nutrient depletion and they don't realize it's due to a nutrient depletion, they go to the doctor and get another drug mm -hmm. when the answer is learning about and taking the appropriate nutritional supplements. So that's a little foray into the topic to begin with and a little discussion about some of the problems that uh, can take place. But all the the major classes of drugs are depleting nutrients, your anticonvulsants, your diabetic drugs, blood pressure and cardiovascular drugs, the anti-inflammatory medications, and on and on. And of course, one of the big categories are antibiotics. And so I'm happy to go off in any direction and talk about some of the unique problems for different classes of drugs. So any of your listeners might uh, be connecting to some of the drugs that we'll be talking about and some of the side effects so they understand it a little bit better. Um, that's a, a little introduction to the topic. Okay. No, I think that's great. And I would love to go through through the course of the show and talk about some of the major classes of medication and the biggest risk factors that people are at for nutrient deficiencies. And then also discuss you know, if we know that a certain class of drugs depletes a certain category of nutrients, what is the appropriate strategy for replenishment? Because obviously there's not always going to be the scenario where people can just say, oh, I'll just stop the drug. You know, what do we do practically to basically correct or rectify that deficiency that's occurring? Um, is a multivitamin enough? Do people need more targeted nutrient therapy depending on the class of drug and what it targets? So, I mean, I, I'd love, before we get into that, and I just want to ask this final question, and then we're going to take a break and we can come back and start talking about these specific classes of medication and the nutrient depletions they create. But I think it's it's interesting, you know, you mentioned it a little bit, but for something like birth controls, pills, you know, and, and oral contraceptives, you talked about how they, out of all almost classes of medication, seem to create the most far-reaching degree of, of nutrient de depletions. And you alluded to it. Is it is are drugs so likely to cause nutrient depletions because of the stress they put on the body to detoxify them? And I guess as we know that estrogens are basically treated like a toxin by the liver and need to be aggressively and completely detoxified and processed to be excreted. Is that one of the the reasons? Is that is that sort of how? Some of these issues work. I, I know in some circumstances the drug actually sort of uh, poisons pathways um, that that make nutrients, and it, you know, as as a side effect of their ability to have their primary action. And I think we'll talk about that later in the show. But you know, just any any thoughts on just the general concept of why there's so many nutrient depletions with pharmaceutical therapy? 
Sure. Well, I, I think there's a number of potential uh, reasons that nutrient depletions are created by uh, these drugs that people take. Uh, drugs can inhibit the um, storage of a nutrient, the absorption of it, the transport, the synthesis of it in the GI tract, uh, the metabolism, the excretion of the drug. So there's a number of different ways that these problems can happen. And I will say that in many cases, the mechanism of action of the nutrient depletion is not understood. What frequently happens is um, a savvy clinician will happen to realize that a number of his or her patients who are taking the same drug are complaining about some of the same or similar side effects. And so this physician, he or she might take a look at, say, a small group of 10 or 15 patients and look at their blood levels of, say, vitamin B6 and compare them with a group of patients that are not taking that drug and find out, wow, all the people taking the drug have lower levels of B6. So they report this study as an observational study, but they don't have the time and the funds, the money to do an exhaustive uh, study to actually determine the mechanism of action. Mm -hmm. And when we start to think about it, the uh, prescription drug companies, the pharmaceutical industry, are the people with the deep pockets with tremendous amounts of money. But they don't fund studies to tell you and me that their drugs are causing nutrient depletion. Sure. So a lot of these drugs just don't get studied adequately. Right. And, That's of course, the, there's no requirement from regulatory bodies that approve the drugs for therapy or use that those nutrient deficiencies that could be harmful be identified prior to approving a drug. Boy, Dr. Kevin, you have just uh, touched a raw nerve with me. Mm -hmm. um, if I could wave my magic wand, I think the FDA should make it mandatory that before a new drug is approved to come on the market, drug companies should be forced to study the nutrient depletion issues and be able to report that to people. Mm -hmm. Yeah, at least to have full disclosure so people can be exactly. aware yeah, of what's going to happen. And we have seen how you know, retroactively after, um, you know, drugs have been on the market for a while, sometimes the nutrient deficiencies are so obvious and have such far-reaching clinical impact on the large patients of, um, you know, population of patients that are taking it that the FDA finally does come out and say, you know, hey, we need to issue a warning about this drug and this nutrient depletion because it can actually be very harmful. But um, it would have been nice if that could have been established before the drug was ever approved. So that, less, you know, that that warning's coming as a result of many people being hurt, basically. Sure. Um, so and uh, yeah, you're right. And many of these drugs get pulled off the market right. after the FDA has approved them, and they've been on the market for years, and thousands of people have been harmed. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. All right. Well, um, all right, Ross, let's uh, take a break. And when we come back, let's start getting into, we talked a little bit about birth controls, we can birth control pills, we can talk about, um, you know, anti-diabetic medication. We can certainly talk about, it's a huge passion of mine since I basically, I wrote a book on this topic, the drugs associated ah. with uh, acid reflux and GERD. That's a huge topic. We can talk about uh, cardiovascular drugs like statin medications. I mean, we've got a laundry list of things that we can go through that are very commonly prescribed medications. So don't go anywhere. This is Dr. Kevin Passero with the Essentials of Healthy Living, and we'll be back right after these words. 
Solgar Number no. 7 can help you feel the difference. Solgar Number no. 7 actually shows improvement in joint comfort within seven days. Now you can start to get back on track fast and pursue the activities you love. Solgar Number no. 7 is a breakthrough in joint care with no glucosamine and no chondroitin. The advanced bioactives in Solgar Number no. 7 help to increase flexibility, mobility, and range of motion within seven days. One capsule once a day is all you need. When stiff joints occasionally say no, Solgar Number no. 7 says yes. Solgar Number no. 7. Available at Village Green Apothecary. New from Garden of Life, Kind Organics Whole Food Multivitamins. They are the only USDA certified organic, non-GMO verified whole food multivitamins available. They're gluten-free, certified vegan, and feature a patent-pending clean tablet technology. Kind Organics is super clean, untreated, unadulterated, and real whole food. Kind Organics Multivitamins from Garden of Life. Be kind to your body and the earth. Kind Organics, now available at Village Green Apothecary and online at myvillagegreen.com. Are you under a lot of stress at work? Pressure from the boss? Budget cuts? Impossible workloads? It can all take a serious toll on your health, but we can help. Village Green Apothecary has everything you need for a healthier lifestyle. A wide range of nutritional supplements, health-related books, and more. We've been providing customized nutrition and healthy living resources for over 45 years, and we'll take the time to advise you about your unique needs. Visit Village Green Apothecary in Bethesda at 5415 West Cedar Lane or check out our website at myvillagegreen.com. Staying mentally sharp means nourishing the mind as well as the body. That's why there's new Cognosure from Metagenics. Research shows that the active natural ingredient in Cognosure supports multiple mechanisms necessary for maintaining healthy cognition and a healthy brain as it ages. Cognosure is also easy to take in delicious, chewable chocolate tablets. Have a clear and bright future by maintaining mental capacity with healthy habits and Cognosure. Remember, Cognosure for healthy brain aging support. Available through your healthcare professional and Village Green Apothecary. Do you have unique needs that a mass-market pharmacy can't handle? Village Green Apothecary can help. Maybe your doctor prescribed a special compounded formula for you, or you have concerns about allergies or dietary supplements. We invite you to talk with one of our compounding specialists today. Our team includes pharmacists, nutritionists, clinical herbalists, and naturopaths, offering customized products and personalized healthy living plans to ensure your well-being. Visit Village Green in Bethesda at 5415 West Cedar Lane. Call us at 301 or check out our website at myvillagegreen.com. Welcome back, everybody, to the Essentials of Healthy Living here on AM 1500, brought to you by the Village Green Apothecary. I'm your host for today, Dr. Kevin Passero. Thank you all for tuning in. Dana Lake will be back next week. Make sure to set your dials every Sunday from 10 to 11. Today, we're talking with Dr. Ross Pelton. Um, he is a was a pharmacist for many years, and then as you as he talked about in his in the last segment, became more aware of different aspects of health and how to support health in the human body and has basically made it his career and his focus to be an educator for many different aspects of health and wellness. And today we're talking about his book, which is called The uh, Drug-Induced Nutrient Depletion Handbook. You can find it on Amazon. You can also learn more about the book by visiting uh, Ross Pelton's website, which is www.naturalpharmacist.net. So, uh, Ross, thank you so much for taking the time to be with us today. I'm happy to be with you and your listeners. I always uh, love talking about health, Dr. Kevin. Great. So, in the last segment, we did a great intro. We talked a little bit about oral contraceptives. They're obviously incredibly common. 
in this segment, you know, I think we would love to talk about some different classes of medication. And I think there was one in particular that you really wanted to educate people about. And I believe this nutrient depletion is something that people are maybe kind of aware of, but don't really understand the true significance. So, um, Ross, why don't you go ahead and, and talk to us about the nutrient depletions associated with the class of, of statin medications. And from anybody who doesn't know, maybe just give a brief introduction of uh, what a statin medication is, although I'm sure most people are aware of it. Sure. Um, you really basically have to be living under a rock if you're not familiar with or haven't heard about the statin drugs. They're one of the most commonly prescribed classes of drugs. Uh, statins are used to lower cholesterol. And um, I actually have produced an online seminar that I call the statin myth. Um, I think that physicians uh, just have it all wrong when they think that elevated cholesterol levels are one of the primary causes of heart disease. But that's what's happening. Uh, physicians in the medical profession think that elevated cholesterol is a major health risk, and so they want to get everybody on statin drugs mm -hmm. to lower their cholesterol. And in fact, um, they now actually want to put a lot of people on statin drugs as an early prevention uh, mechanism. And so let me talk a little bit about coenzyme Q10, because this is the main a nutrient that is depleted when people take statin drugs. So I'd like to educate people a little bit about the importance of coenzyme Q10, because when you take a statin drug, the statin drug will inhibit an enzyme that's required for the synthesis of cholesterol in the liver. So statin drugs are very effective at lowering cholesterol when they interfere with this enzyme mechanism. But interfering with this enzyme also blocks the body's ability to synthesize coenzyme Q10. And coenzyme Q10 is one of the most important antioxidants in our body. And I'd like to give a little background about coenzyme Q10 because it's a pretty interesting story. Uh, coenzyme Q10 was actually first discovered by a man named Fred Crane at the University of Wisconsin in 1957. And then in 1958, a very famous scientist by the name of Carl Folkers, who was working for the pharmaceutical giant Merck Sharp and Dome at the time, Dr. Folkers was able to isolate small amounts of coenzyme Q10 from 10 tons of beef hearts. And from the small amounts that he was able to isolate, he discovered the structure of coenzyme Q10 and did some small clinical trials with animals. And he found out that coenzyme Q10 has the potential to be a huge cardiovascular drug. So he went to his superiors at the drug company Merck Sharp and Dome and said, man, do I have a blockbuster cardiovascular drug for us? Well, this uh, suggestion from Dr. Folkers fell on deaf ears at Merck Sharp and Dome because that pharmaceutical company had just launched their new cardiovascular drug, Diuril. So they didn't want to launch another drug at, to compete with their own drug. They'd already committed a lot of their budget for promotion and marketing to this new Diuril blood pressure medication. So consequently, Merck Sharp and Dome sold the patent for coenzyme Q10 to the Japanese, a Japanese company. It took the Japanese about 10 years to figure out how to get significant amounts of coenzyme Q10 produced by actually a bacterial process. 
But when they were able to get significant quantities of CoQ10 produced, the Japanese did start doing clinical trials. They found out that coenzyme Q10 is an incredible uh, cardiovascular drug. And for several decades, coenzyme Q10 was one of the top-selling cardiovascular drugs in Japan. So let me talk a little bit about what coenzyme Q10 does. It has a couple of very important functions in the body for humans. It's a very important fat-soluble antioxidant, and it's also required in several steps in the mitochondria for energy production. Now, the unique thing about CoQ10 is that it's in, involved in the mitochondria for energy production, and in the mitochondria where we produce energy, this is where we produce the most free radicals in our bodies. So CoQ10 is involved in energy production, but it's also present in the energy production process to neutralize free radicals that get released during energy production. So it's a critical antioxidant and required for energy production. Now, part of the problem in being coenzyme Q10 deficient, especially if you're, when you're taking a statin drug, um, I like to explain that we have two different types of DNA. There's our nuclear DNA inside every cell in our body. But mitochondria have a different type of DNA. And in mitochondrial DNA, uh, that's where you have the potential to have free radicals producing mitochondrial DNA damage due to energy production and electron leakage. In your nuclear DNA, we have an extensive network of free radical repair enzymes. Uh, when you get free radical damage in your, the nucleus of your cells, these repair enzymes kick into gear and repair the damage. But in mitochondrial DNA, we don't have this extensive network of free radical repair enzymes. So if you get free radical damage in your mitochondrial DNA, it's long-term, permanent, irreversible. You damage your cellular ability to produce energy. If you're taking a statin drug, and you inhibit your body's ability to produce coenzyme Q10, then you accelerate free radical damage in your mitochondria and you are going to accelerate your aging process. So I think this is a very serious situation. Uh, there are so many millions of people on statin drugs. It's my prediction, Dr. Kevin, that in 10 or 15 or 20 years, we will see that the people who are taking statin drugs regularly will have an accelerated aging process because you're depleting the key antioxidant nutrients that protects mitochondrial DNA from free radical damage in the location in your body where you have the most free radicals produced. So this is why I'm so disturbed and upset about the massive, what I call over-prescribing of these statin drugs. And in fact, um, I frequently say that I think that statin drugs are the most successful, immoral marketing job in the history of the world. So that's my little rant on statin drugs here, Dr. Kevin. Uh, you can see that the other thing I like to really educate people about is that there are a number of very successful natural therapies to lower cholesterol levels. And then another topic to, to really talk about is that LDL cholesterol is not bad. We think we generally talk about HDL being the good cholesterol and LDL being the bad cholesterol. LDL cholesterol is not bad. It is only bad when it gets oxidized. Then it becomes a an altered molecule that can damage the lining of your vascular system and start plaque buildup and and 
start to be a problem. But if people are taking some adequate levels of antioxidant nutrients, they are not likely to have extended problems from slightly elevated cholesterol. And, and if you do have elevated levels of cholesterol, you can use natural therapies to correct the problem and stay away from the statin drugs and all the side effects from coenzyme Q10 deficiency. Mm-hmm. So how's that for a little insight into CoQ10 for starters? Yeah, well, I mean, it's a great intro, and that topic could definitely go on and on. I mean, I, patients are coming continually so conflicted and so confused because they maybe have a family history of heart disease, their cholesterol numbers don't look great, there's maybe even some evidence of some cardiovascular issues from a, you know plaques that doctors are observing in the carotid or from a cardiac CT showing a specific calcium score and and they're very afraid of, you know, developing yeah. heart disease and you know, they're being told that taking the statin medications will basically prevent that that further progression. And you know, then there's people that are just have a high cholesterol, no evidence of heart disease, but you know, they're being told that their cholesterol is above the the mark and they should take a statin medication and they they are feeling a little bit conflicted about it and conflicted about, you know, what they, what they should do. And it is sometimes a difficult question to, to answer, you know, lowering lipids in the blood can sometimes help to facilitate the reversal of plaques. Um, and whether that's done with diet or medications, there can be some positive outcomes. But I think, as you've said, the biggest problem is not whether or not a lipid-lowering therapy might have some benefit in some patients. It's that it has been marketed and advertised and perpetuated as a cure-all for cardiovascular prevention when, in fact, that may not be the case. And as a result of it causing some significant depletions of nutrients that are critical for our bodies, maybe in some cases doing much more harm than the good we are hoping it would be doing. So You're right. I yeah. yeah, totally agree with you. And I like to, to emphasize to people, there are over 12 clinical trials that have reported that in otherwise healthy individuals with no symptoms or a history of heart disease, statins provide zero benefit. Mm-hmm. So people should not be put on statins as kind of a preventive measure. Um, and uh, just I also like to kind of tell people who are taking statin drugs and some of the major side effects that they should look for are, fatigue and tiredness and low energy because coenzyme Q10 is so critical for energy production. But also there are increasingly frequent uh, reports of memory loss and cognitive decline. There's now an increased risk of diabetes, Mm -hmm. especially in postmenopausal women. Um, So lots of problems associated with statin drugs. Yeah, absolutely. Um, So CoQ10 seems to be the, the primary nutrient, right? Um, that we're talking about with, with CoQ10 or with statin medication. So w- what is an appropriate way to remedy the situation? Let's say somebody's in a scenario and they say, you know what, I understand all that, but at, for this time being, I either have a medical condition that really does require it or I'm not quite ready to, to get to the point where I want to stop the medication, but I am sure. concerned about this nutrient depletion and uh, I do want to be aware of it and I do want to be proactive. What are sort of the, the practical nuts and bolts steps that somebody really needs to take in that situation? Yeah. Well, I recommend, uh, Dr. Kevin, that if people are on a statin drug, they should take about 200 milligrams of coenzyme Q10 daily. And it's important to realize there are two forms of coenzyme Q10 supplements on the market. 
The one that's been on the market for decades is called ubiquinone. There's a newer form that's called ubiquinol, which is an alcohol version of coenzyme Q10. The ubiquinol is better absorbed. It stays in the body much longer. And for people around 40 years old and older, they are less and less efficient at using the enzyme that converts the ubiquinone into ubiquinol. So a lot of older people, uh, if they're purchasing the cheaper form of coenzyme Q10, are probably wasting their money and not getting any benefit from it. Mm. The other thing I like to emphasize about coenzyme Q10 is that it is a fat-soluble nutrient, and we don't absorb fat-soluble nutrients too efficiently. So I encourage people to take their dose of coenzyme Q10 at one of their largest meals of the day where they're more likely to have fat in the diet, and that will help the coenzyme Q10 get absorbed. Yeah, and I mean, some different preparations of of coenzyme Q10 are maybe delivered in a soft gel oil-based versus Mm -hmm. a capsule. Um, There's potentially some benefits for absorption when it is actually delivered with an oil because of that idea that it is a fat-soluble vitamin and needs some fat to be absorbed versus just a dry capsule. And you'll see that soft gel preparations are sometimes a little bit more expensive. So, you know, shopping good, but really looking for 200 milligram. Um, I know there's, you know, uh, many different companies, but I guess one of the premier brands is uh, Kanika CoQ10. That was one of the Japanese companies that produces a very high quality CoQ10. Um, You can Mm -hmm. see that in, you know, many, many different brands of supplements will say on the back that they got their raw material from Kanika. That's a good thing to look for. So um, lots of different ideas, but I guess the take home message is if you're taking a statin, at least 200 milligrams of a good quality CoQ10. So thank you for that conversation, um, Mm -hmm. Ross. Let's, we need to take a quick break. When we come back, we can wrap up any topics around the statins and I'd like to move on to some different categories and classes of medications and the problems they create regarding nutrient depletions. This is Dr. Kevin Passero with the Essentials of Healthy Living here on AM 1500. Don't go anywhere. We'll be back right after these words. Mega Food Premium Whole Food Supplements are the only supplements crafted from scratch with farm fresh whole foods to deliver nourishment the way nature intended. Mega Food believes Mother Nature knows best. They select only fresh whole food, harvested at the peak of ripeness, handle it gently and with care to deliver its vital essence to you in every bottle. Mega Food, from farm to tablet. Our name is our promise. For more information, visit us online at megafood.com. Zymogen is pleased to announce the arrival of FitFood, a delicious, high-quality, functional food that's formulated to support weight management, healthy body composition, glycemic management, cardiovascular and immune health, and more. Each delicious serving of FitFood contains 21 grams of pure New Zealand-sourced bioactive whey protein, 6 grams of fiber-immune-supporting oat beta-glucan, and additional glutamine, glycine, taurine, and MC. CTs. Fit Food provides holistic support for today's active body. Learn more at Zymogen.com. Available now through your healthcare professional and Village Green Apothecary. All over the world, people are beginning to discover fish oil is one of the best secrets for unlocking great health. Thousands of studies have shown the amazing effects of these powerful omega-3s for heart health. Plus, fish oils have even been shown to balance moods and lessen anxiety. With exceptional taste, unrivaled freshness, and unsurpassed purity, Nordic Naturals is the easy way to get your omega-3s every day. To learn more, visit Village Green Apothecary or visit NordicNaturals.com. Nordic Naturals, committed to the planet. 
committed to pure and great-tasting omega oils. The brain requires nutrition just like the rest of the body. And this is where Gero Formula's NeuroOptimizer comes to the rescue. NeuroOptimizer is a concentrated source of nutrients needed for memory, mood, concentration, and focus. NeuroOptimizer supplies the building blocks for neurotransmitters, the chemicals that allow cells in the brain to communicate and to file away memories. NeuroOptimizer is the nutritional answer to the brain's needs. To learn more about formulas, visit Gero.com. Gero Formulas, available at Village Green Apothecary. Did you know at Village Green, we offer everyday savings on top-quality nutritional supplements, including herbs and homeopathic remedies, plus personal care products and more. That's right. In addition to our other big sales events, you can save up to 20% on most everything you need for a healthier lifestyle today and every day. At Village Green, we've been providing customized nutrition and healthy living products for over 45 years. Visit Village Green Apothecary in Bethesda at 5415 West Cedar Lane or check out our website at myvillagegreen.com. Welcome back to the Essentials of Healthy Living here on AM 1500, brought to you by the Village Green Apothecary. I'm your host for today, Dr. Kevin Passero. Today we're talking with Ross Pelton. He began his career in the health sciences by graduating from the University of Wisconsin School of Pharmacy in 1966. He worked as a pharmacist for a number of years before joining the Peace Corps in 1972 and over time became aware of and introduced to many different forms of natural therapy. In the 1980s, he spent time as a cancer researcher at the University of California, San Diego, and eventually became the administrator of an alternative cancer treatment hospital in Baja, Mexico. In 1994, Ross became a certified clinical nutritionist. A significant part of his career has been devoted to speaking, writing, and conducting seminars on a variety of health-related topics. Today, we've been discussing some of the topics in his book, which is titled Drug-Induced Nutrient Depletion Handbook. You can find it on Amazon, and you can also more le- learn more about his work and his different books by visiting www.naturalpharmacist.net. In the last segment, we spent a majority of the time talking about the important role of CoQ10 in the human body and the significant impact that statin medications have in lowering CoQ10. Now, Dr. Pelton, let me just ask you, or Ross, let me just ask you this one last question here before we move on to this next class of medications, which I know you're excited to talk about. Um, You know, we talked about all the important roles of CoQ10, and then we jumped to statin medications depleting it. I just would like you to just confirm for the listeners, I mean, there, there is a wide body of clinical or scientific evidence that shows that blood levels of CoQ10 drop when you're on statin therapy, correct? Absolutely. Okay. So it's not just a theoretical or animal model. We see there's been wide-studied human clinical trials basically showing depleted levels of CoQ10 while taking statins. Absolutely. There's lots of studies that have been published on this, so it's well-documented. Right. Okay. So we're not talking a correlation here. It's a direct causation, and I think we understand the mechanism by which statin medications work to inhibit cholesterol production also inhibits the same pathway, really, that produces CoQ10, correct? Is that how it works? That is correct, and we've been talking about statin drugs, but I'll also tell your listeners there are a number of other classes of drugs that inhibit coenzyme Q10 levels. Um, all the female hormones, birth control pills and hormone replacement therapy medications, anti-diabetic drugs, some of the blood pressure medications, um, beta blockers, and some of the uh, drugs used in uh, psychiatry. So there's multiple classes of drugs in addition to the statins that will interfere with coenzyme Q10 levels. 
Gotcha. Okay. Um, so that's all good to know. Let's talk about, maybe we can circle back around to CoQ10 at the end of the show if we have time, because I know sure. there are other things that we could talk about. Mm-hmm. But yeah, let's move bet. on to a different class of medications and talk about some of the nutrient deficiencies associated with it. Which one would you like to talk about next? Well, I'd like to spend some time talking about antibiotics because uh, we know that when you take an antibiotic, it doesn't just kill the bad bacteria. It kills the majority of your good bacteria and creates a problem that we call dysbiosis, which is an upset in the balance between good and bad bacteria in your gastrointestinal tract. And this all relates to what we call the microbiome. And there's a tremendous acceleration of research into the microbiome now because of the Human Microbiome Project. And we now understand that the bacteria in our gastrointestinal tract are one of the most critical aspects of our health. And in fact, we live in symbiosis with these good bacteria. And what's fascinating to me is that there are 10 times more bacteria in our bodies than there are human cells. And one step further, science has now discovered that over 99% of the DNA in your body is the DNA of your bacteria. Mm -hmm. So we find out now that the bacteria in your gastrointestinal tract are involved with and regulating a vast number of things going on in the human body. And if you take an antibiotic and kill off your good bacteria, it has major, major effects on your long-term health. And the way I tie it into the topic here of drug-induced nutrient depletions is the fact that your good bacteria are little vitamin and nutrient factories. They produce the whole range of B vitamins. They synthesize vitamin K. They synthesize the aromatic amino acids, which are um, tyrosine and phenylalanine and uh, what's the other uh, tryptophan, tryptophan, which yep. are actually the precursors for all your neurotransmitters like serotonin and dopamine and norepinephrine. So when you kill off all these good bacteria, you are creating nutrient depletions because you don't have the good bacteria to produce all these nutrients in your system. And so it's very critical that people understand the importance of taking a good probiotic to reestablish the good bacteria in the gastrointestinal tract and try and uh, recreate and maintain a healthy microbiome because it is absolutely now understood to be one of the most critical factors in our health. Um, I'm now in the process of preparing a presentation that I'm going to be giving on the microbiome and mental health. And we understand that all people now who have depression and anxiety and schizophrenia and bipolar disorder, they all have problems in the gut. And in fact, all of medicine now is starting to realize that one of the underlying things that is involved in virtually all health problems is a, an upset microbiome. And one of the key foundations of all medical therapies, all health-related therapies, should address healing the gut and starting to return that to a normal, healthy state. So that's a critical, critical issue. And when I um, talk to people about uh, the antibiotics they're taking, I emphasize very strongly it's critical to take a really high-quality probiotic at least twice a day for three to four weeks um, to try to reestablish their microbiome. Some studies have shown that an antibiotic can upset the microbiome for as long as a year. Mm-hmm. And so it's, it's just really critical to educate people about how important it is to um, create and maintain a healthy microbiome as one of the fundamentals for long-term good health. Yeah, it's such an important and emerging topic. And antibiotics certainly 
play a strong role in disruption of the microflora in the gut. I would say that, you know, dietary practices and other things that, that people do can also throw off the microbiome of the gut. And certainly other medications besides antibiotics can do it as well. Correct, Ross? Absolutely. Uh, in addition to antibiotics, um, all the acid-blocking drugs that people take for acid reflux uh, are going to have a major n- negative effect on your microbiome. Um, the female hormone medications um, make women more susceptible to uh, dysbiosis and upsetting the GI tract and the bacterial population there. Um, so anti-inflammatory medications have a major negative effect. Uh, so it's really critical for women and people who are taking these drugs to understand the effect that they're having on their microbiome. Yeah, and probiotics are a great strategy. Again, diet, nutrition is a great strategy, and just being aware of what you're doing. Do antibiotics cause any other specific nutrient depletions as well? Well, I think they do, Dr. Kevin, because when you upset the balance of bacteria in your intestinal tract and allow the bad bacteria to proliferate, they will create inflammation, and that then inhibits digestion and absorption of all your nutrients. Mm-hmm. So um, the antibiotics will, um, by decreasing your good bacteria, directly decrease your production of all your B vitamins, vitamin K, and some of the key amino acids. Mm-hmm. But when you get an inflamed gastrointestinal tract, then you're going to interfere with the digestion and absorption of all nutrients. Yeah. So it's a much larger problem, that, and many people just don't understand how significant this is. And now we've got increasing levels of research that are telling us that there's a direct link between probiotic bacteria in your microbiome and obesity and probiotic bacteria in your microbiome and depression and anxiety mm-hmm. and mental emotional conditions. So there's wide ranging effects. We're starting to understand how the bacteria in your microbiome communicate with your brain. I do think there is an amazing amount of emerging research. You talked about how these gut bacteria, you know, can you just briefly again, um, just explain their role in, in the production of these um, these amino acid precursors or these basically these um, nutrients like serotonin and trypto- or these tryptophan sure. and aromatic amino acids? Yep. Your, your gut bacteria will synthesize the class of an amino acids called the aromatic amino acids. That's tryptophan, um, tryptophan, um, Tyrosine and phenylalanine, Mm -hmm. there we are. So phenylalanine and tyrosine are the precursors for dopamine and norepinephrine, and tryptophan is the precursor for serotonin. Mm -hmm. So a lot of people don't realize that about 90% of the serotonin in your body is made by your gut bacteria. Mm -hmm. Most people with depression and psychiatrists and so on and so forth think about serotonin in terms of the brain. But the majority of your, these neurotransmitters are produced in your gut by your gut bacteria, and they communicate with the brain. So upsetting the gut by taking an antibiotic just doesn't cause gut problems. It communicates with the brain and causes all sorts of problems. And I like to impress upon people that if you have an inflammation in your gut because you've taken antibiotics, you have leaky gut, but you also have leaky brain. Gut inflammation leads to brain inflammation, which can have wide-ranging negative health effects. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there are many different correlations that we're learning about regarding the GI system and how it affects, or the gut microbiome and how it affects the the brain. And I think there is some decent research showing that improving gut microflora can actually have a positive impact in mood. And when you understand those pathways, 
of it being the primary producer of these aromatic amino acids that are directly responsible for the synthesis of neurotransmitters that help to balance our brain, it seems to make sense. And then you can even take it a step farther and look at the pathway in which the gut bacteria use to produce these aromatic amino acids is the same pathway that some of the most common pesticides that are spread in our food use to inhibit the growth of weeds. And then you eat, we having huge amounts of exposure to these pesticides in our environment as genetically modified organisms are taking off. We eat them, those residues basically start inhibiting the pathways in our bacteria that make these brain neurotransmitters. It is a vicious cycle and a a field of very exciting and emerging research when it comes to mood-related disorders, considering that anxiety and depression and other mood-related issues are some of the most common complaints that people report to their doctors. So when we come back from the break, we're going to have our final segment. We can wrap up this conversation, talk about any other classes of medication that have major risk factors for nutrient depletions. Um, We're going to be right back with Ross Pelton. This is Dr. Kevin Passero with The Essentials of Healthy Living, and we'll be back right after these words. Solgar number seven can help you feel the difference. Solgar number seven actually shows improvement in joint comfort within seven days. Now you can start to get back on track fast and pursue the activities you love. Solgar number seven is a breakthrough in joint care with no glucosamine and no chondroitin. The advanced bioactives in Solgar number seven help to increase flexibility, mobility, and range of motion within seven days. One capsule once a day is all you need. When stiff joints occasionally say no, Solgar number seven says yes. Solgar number seven. Available at Village Green Apothecary. If you have arthritis, everyday tasks can become a challenge. That's why more and more doctors are recommending Arthrobin, an all-natural medical food for the dietary management of osteoarthritis. It contains a combination of bioflavonoids, which work to reduce inflammation and joint deterioration, along with collagen peptides, which increase joint mobility, function, and repair. Arthrobin is not a drug and is virtually free of negative side effects. Look for Arthrobin by Designs for Health Today, available at Village Green Apothecary and online at myvillagegreen.com. New from Garden of Life, Kind Organics Multivitamins. That's right, certified organic, made with the highest quality standards, uncooked, untreated, unadulterated, non-GMO certified, vegan, and gluten-free. Kind Organics Multivitamins from Garden of Life. Be kind to your body and the earth. Kind Organics. Now available at Village Green Apothecary and online at myvillagegreen.com. Some things are hard to stomach, and life doesn't stop for occasional immune challenges or intestinal distress. ProBalarti from Metagenics offers a new targeted probiotic approach for intestinal support. Help maintain control while traveling or as a follow-up to antibiotic therapy to support intestinal flora for healthy intestinal function. ProBalarti provides ID-certified probiotic strains suggested by research to enhance certain aspects of immune function, in addition to promoting a healthy balance of intestinal microflora. ProBalarti is the go-to probiotic for patients on the go. Get it today. Available through your healthcare professional and Village Green Apothecary. Have you ever wondered why the cold and flu season occurs in the fall and winter months? One theory is because of a decrease in sun exposure, our bodies don't make enough vitamin D, which is essential to proper immune function. That's why medical experts recommend supplementing with vitamin D. Thorne Research's vitamin D products are made from pure vitamin D with no preservatives or unnecessary ingredients added. Support your immune system with Thorne's vitamin D1000 and D5000. These and other immune-supporting formulas are always available at Village Green. Welcome back, everybody, to the Essentials of Healthy Living here on AM1500. Brought to you by the Village Green Apothecary. I am your host for today, Dr. Kevin Passero. Thank you all for tuning in. We're here every Sunday from 10 to 11 a.m., so don't forget to set your dials. Today we are talking with Ross Pelton. 
basically devoted his life and career since 1980 to educating people about health and wellness. A background as a pharmacist is now a uh, certified clinical nutritionist and author, speaker, writer, advocate for all things health related. You can learn more about the topics we're discussing today by buying his book or checking out his book, which is called Nutrient Induced uh, depletion handbook. It's available on Amazon, and you can learn more about his work in general by visiting naturalpharmacist.net. So, Ross, thank you so much for being on the show with us today. Sure. Thanks for having me on. I enjoy talking about health with you, Dr. Kevin. Sure. So, you know, I mean, we got into a conversation last segment about antibiotics and the gut microbiome. Let's move on in this segment and talk about some other really common classes of medications that can create significant nutrient depletion risks. You bet. Um, let me mention anti-inflammatory medications like ibuprofen and naproxen. Uh, uh, these drugs used to be prescription only, but now you can buy them over the counter with no monitoring whatsoever. And these drugs um, work a little bit differently in actually causing nutrient depletions because these medications inhibit your body's ability to produce mucus and create the, um, the mucus layer in your GI tract. A lot of people don't realize that there's 13 to 15,000 people a year that are dying from the use of these drugs due to gastrointestinal bleeding hmm. because you inhibit your body's ability to produce the protected mucus layer. And the way this gets into nutrient depletions is that the mucus layer in your gastrointestinal tract is where your probiotic bacteria live. So by taking anti-inflammatory medications, you're really kind of destroying the housing project where your probiotic bacteria live. And when your mucus layer gets destroyed, the bacteria count goes down dramatically, and you're also dramatically thinning the protective layer between your digestive tract and the cells that line the digestive tract. And so then some of the harsh digestive chemicals come directly in contact with the cells that line your GI tract, and that's a very sensitive group of tissues called the endothelial lining. And when they get inflamed, you've got leaky gut syndrome, and you start to get um, bleeding and so there's just a whole cascade of negative effects that happen when you're taking some of these anti-inflammatory medications. And if we've got a little bit of time, another great group of drugs to talk about here, Dr. Kevin, are the acid-blocking drugs that people take, the proton pump inhibitors and your Prilosec and your Tagamet and all those types of drugs. Um, they are major, major causes of nutrient depletion because when you block acid production, you facilitate or encourage the growth of bad bacteria in your intestinal tract. And so then you get into this dysbiosis again, this upsetting of your microbiome to all the millions and millions of people that rely on these acid-suppressing drugs for gastroesophageal reflux and heartburn and so forth are having a major negative effect on their microbiome, which is then going to cause nutrient depletions because you've got too many bad bacteria, you're not having good digestion and absorption of your nutrients, and that becomes a downward spiral. The acid-blocking drugs deplete things like vitamin B12 and folic acid and vitamin C and vitamin D and minerals like calcium and magnesium and iron and zinc. Um, so all these nutrients are depleted when you upset the normal production of acid in your gastrointestinal tract. And another thing I mentioned in my drug-induced nutrient depletion seminars is with these acid-blossing drugs is the issue of proteins. 
Now, I don't have any studies to document this, but we know that acid is required for protein digestion. And if you block acid production, it's my belief that you will inhibit protein digestion, and then you'll get partially digested or undigested proteins being dumped from the stomach into the small intestine. And there's a great term for this, Dr. Kevin. I just love this word. It's called putrefaction. There's no way that that indicates anything good going on. It's the rotting of proteins in your gut. And we know that that process causes carcinogenic byproducts. So I'm worried that the people that rely on these acid-blocking drugs and upset the normal acid secretion are going to have a greater incidence of uh, colon cancer down the road because of poor protein digestion. Um, and you probably are well aware of the fact that a lot of people that have symptoms of uh, heartburn and gastric acidity really have low stomach acid, hypochlorhydria, rather than too much acid. So that's something I always like to test people for because most of these people can solve their problems by taking a hydrochloric acid supplement with their meals rather than getting on acid-suppressing drugs to try to correct the problem. Yeah, there's, I mean, I've, you know, the book that I wrote on acid reflux was just such an interesting foray into trying to understand this. And if people are interested in learning more, I recorded a show with my co-host Dana Lake a few weeks back, basically getting into some of the details. But these medications definitely have high risk for nutrient depletions. They disrupt many aspects of digestion. Um, there are significant warnings from the FDA regarding important nutrient depletions. And certainly in some of the research that I was digging through, there seems to be increased risk of the development of food allergies and food sensitivities. So we talk about uh, these undigested proteins because basically stomach acid, its job is to denature proteins to basically spread out those amino acid bundles so that the stomach acid, so that other um, digestive enzymes and digestive processes can start cleaving these proteins apart. And if you don't have enough acid, you can't really do that. And that idea that you know, all acid reflux is just simply a result of having too much acid really isn't the case. Acid reflux in GERD is more a condition of inflammation. And while the acid-blocking drugs help to reduce the irritation on the tissue that's already inflamed, it's not necessarily curing the condition. And there are many ways, many, many ways without using acid-blocking drugs to help people basically relieve these symptoms and resolve their symptoms of acid reflux without compromising these key important pieces of the digestive process, you know, not to mention these drugs along with their nutrient depletions are associated with increased risks of some serious diseases and conditions like C. difficile infection, hospital-acquired pneumonia, uh, now heart disease, kidney disease, the list basically goes on. Now dementia is being tied to them. So definitely a drug that is uh, one to read about and look into if you're taking it. So uh, Ross, we're about out of time. Any last words for our listeners? Yes, Dr. Kevin, I would like to tell people my book, The Drug-Induced Nutrient Depletion Handbook, is out of print. Oh, okay. I am in the process, I'm in the process of, of doing an online seminar that will allow any individual, general public and healthcare practitioners, to go online and sign up for my seminar and uh, be able to get exposed to and learn about all of this drug-induced nutrient depletion information. So uh, just follow my website, naturalpharmacist.net, and I will announce uh, when that 
seminar gets launched and that information will be available. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Ross, for being on the show today. This is Dr. Kevin Passero wishing you all the best of health. Until next time, take care. Did you know at Village Green, we offer everyday savings on top quality nutritional supplements, including herbs and homeopathic remedies, plus personal care products and more. That's right. In addition to our other big sales events, you can save up to 20% on most everything you need for a healthier lifestyle today and every day. At Village Green, we've been providing customized nutrition and healthy living products for over 45 years. Visit Village Green Apothecary in Bethesda at 5415 West Cedar Lane or check out our website at myvillagegreen.com.